Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. Net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week later on the show when we get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. And we'll talk about some potential danger for the Cowboys in the NFC East. But we'll save that for later. Before we do any of that, let's get into the news that flew a little bit under the radar for the Cowboys earlier this week. Because they hired a coach, and we know that there are still spots left to be filled on Mike McCarthy's revamped offensive coaching staff. We know that he will be calling the shots. He will be calling the plays. It will be his West Coast offense. Brian Schottenheimer will be the coordinator, likely to have an impact in the run game more than anything else. But there's another name that has entered the conversation, and we shouldn't overlook it. Here's who I'm talking about. The Cowboys, according to Todd Archer from ESPN, hired Will Harriger as an offensive assistant. Some context there from Mr. Todd Archer. Harriger spent the last year as a senior offensive analyst at Southern Call in 2022. And many of you are probably thinking Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. And I don't blame you because I thought the exact same thing. That was the first thought that popped into my head. He also has ties with Brian Schottenheimer, though. Uh, he worked briefly with him in Seattle, and he also had an encounter with Dan Quinn. But still, it is still difficult to, you know, know what to make out of a hire like this one for multiple reasons. First and foremost, offensive assistant could mean anything. Those are always difficult to interpret. And... There's just not a lot of information going around when it comes to Will Harriger. So we had to do some digging. We, we had to toss out a question or two out there. And I heard something quite interesting about Will Harriger. Let's call it uh, from an L.A. source. I was told that Harriger, you know, was a low-key coach. Maybe you didn't hear a lot from him. You didn't see him on the big stage frequently. But he was probably brought in, from what I was told, to USC because Caleb Williams' camp wanted somebody like Will Harriger on the coaching staff to develop Williams for the next stage of his career, which is obviously the NFL. So for those of you who follow college football or, you know, are even remotely familiar with the college football landscape, 
Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, the favorite to be the number one overall pick in 2024, probably. He was with Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, and Lincoln Riley moves to USC, and he transfers to USC following Riley. But his camp wanted somebody like Harriger on USC for Williams to have somebody to develop him for the next level. So they valued Harriger's experience and more specifically what he had done with Russell Wilson because Harriger was a member of the Seattle Seahawks coaching staff from 2014 to 2018. Key years in Russell Wilson's development, obviously. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Maybe Harriger was a behind-the-scenes guy over at USC, but it might speak volumes as to what he could bring to the table with the Dallas Cowboys. And I kind of like the move just based on that. But also, you have to appreciate the fact that Harriger is somebody that has worked with Lincoln Riley. Maybe just for one year, but he was there. And suddenly you go from having one voice on Dak Prescott's ear, and I will say particularly the Kellen Moore voice, which was heavily influenced by Scott Linehan, Jason Garrett, and all of the air courier offense. Now he will get McCarthy's voice in his ear, first and foremost, you know, kind of a West Coast touch to it. And then maybe Harriger can bring some of the Lincoln Riley air raid offense to the table. And suddenly Dak Prescott maybe is expanding his horizons, right? And his way to approach the game. Something as simple like, uh, you know, West Coast offense, probably, you know, you read more of the, most of the route concepts. You know, you go from low to the high routes. The air raid works the other way around. So suddenly you have some, some variety into what he's listening to. But I was very, very intrigued by what I was told about Williams Camp wanting somebody like Harriger on the coaching staff for them to agree to take Williams' talents to California. That's what I was told from an LA source. I thought that was pretty interesting. And we know how important the QB coach hire is. And Will Harriger, from what Todd Archer tweeted and reported, is not being brought in as a QB coach. But maybe he has he maybe he plays a major role into what follows for Dak Prescott's development. And as you guys probably know, Dak Prescott is the key to the Cowboys moving forward. Always has been. But if the front office is not going to take an aggressive approach in free agency, we can have endless debates as to what should be the way to, to build this team. But we know the Cowboys front office is likely to play it safe. They're likely to play it conservative. So Harriger might end up being a major addition compared to what many would assume. So there you go. Uh, my question from me to you is, do you think Will Harriger being brought into the Dallas Cowboys is a big deal, small deal, or no deal? Let me know in the chat. While you do that, also do me a favor and hit the thumbs up. Let me say hi to you, uh, to some of you in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. I'm sorry. I, I got right into it. I'm excited about what we had in store. I was excited about it. So I wanted to really just like, you know, put it on the table, see what you guys thought. Because, yeah, I thought that that was a valuable nugget that we learned from uh, earlier today. 
especially for, for about a guy that there is not a lot of info about out there. And just to, just to provide even more context, Harriger comes in with a lot of experience. He was also with the Falcons temporarily in 2019. He was also with the Jaguars in 2021. And I know that, you know, the 2021 Jaguars were not a pretty sight because of all of the Urban Meyer thing. But he comes in with plenty of NFL experience and he comes in with plenty of college football experience as well. He was in Florida from 2012 to 2013. So you can see the Urban Meyer uh, relationship there, maybe. Two seasons over at Texas Tech in 2010 and 2011, according to the USC website. I'm excited. I'm excited about the Will Harriger hire. I can tell you I am way more excited after I heard what I just shared with you than I was before. Because when that notification first hit my phone, I was like, I mean, okay, you need offensive assistance, but I didn't know what to make of it. Uh, so let's see what you guys have to say in the chat. Shout out to Toxic Tom. We've got Gregory. We've got Danny Savage as well. Uh, Holly is also in the house. We've got Bruce. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, it's a cool deal, says Gregory. I see potential. There you go. Inez Gomez goes with small deal. Toxic Tom says no deal until the front office does their job and stocks this roster. Now, yeah, everything, I agree with that. Like, uh, everything that we talk about must be complemented by the front office doing a better job building this team in free agency. And I'm not going to say the draft because I do think that this is a team that, draft pretty, that drafts pretty well when April rolls around. Little deal, says Joey Bella. Uh, good moves is Reggie over on Facebook. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with big deal. Obviously, Harriger is not gonna you know waltz in and suddenly run the offense. He's not going to install his offense. He's not going to be the coordinator or anything like that. But within the context of him being an offensive assistant, I'm gonna go with big deal or at least a bigger deal than many would assume at first. Because I would have thought, you know what, he's just here because he knows Schottenheimer and he knows Dan Quinn, but maybe there's a little bit more to it. Now, maybe there's a little bit more to the QB development side of things. Now, if it is, if it is that, if it is like, you know, kind of a, a philosophy in which they want to bring in somebody for Dak Prescott, I really would wonder about what area in particular of Prescott do you want to approach with somebody like Harriger? Because I will tell you, I think that Prescott's techniques, like, you know, his footwork, his, you know, processing, all of that, I think he's on point. I think he's kind of a, a robotic in that way. But if we're talking about more of, of an intellectual approach to the game, that's what would really get uh, very intriguing to me because I do agree with Nate Ties from The Athletic in that uh, Prescott is probably teaching tape for many of the young quarterbacks around the country because, because that's his area. He might not have the elite arm strength, but he does bring in a high level of technique. So I would be very intrigued as to what they would work on 
if Harriger is being brought in in a similar role to what he did over at USC. Or maybe he's just being brought in to pick his brain on what the USC Trojans do offensively under Lincoln Riley. Because we know that Riley is a bright, bright offensive mind. He does some stuff over at USC that is crazy. The fact that in year one, he had the success that he had with the Trojans after leaving Oklahoma was insane. Like, I am very high on Lincoln Riley, and I thought that it was going to take time for USC. But they were they were one game away from, the, from making the college football playoff. Honestly. And Williams, in his first year in USC, won the Heisman. And he's in a position to maybe win it again in 2023. I know we kind of say that every year about the defending Heisman winner. We always say, oh, he could be the first one to win it in back-to-back years in a long time, and then it suddenly never happens. Uh, Williams might have the, the best chance out of recent players that have you know, gotten into that conversation. Now, to close things out on the Will Harriger side of things, what I heard, pretty similar to what John to what John Owning tweeted about also I think this is from yesterday John Owning from PFF Pro Football Focus he tweeted from what I gather Will Harriger was essentially Caleb Williams personal QB coach at USC aimed at helping him prepare for the NFL wouldn't be surprised if he filled a similar role with Dak aimed at helping him develop I heard pretty similar stuff I heard pretty similar stuff about Will Harriger. So we might be onto something here. We might be onto something here. Uh, let's let's keep it moving here. Meanwhile, in the chat, we've got Toxic Tom saying, Mo, this is random. But did you see the video of the Hall of Fame inductees getting told that they made the Hall of Fame? Let me just say before I finish reading the question, I did not. I need to catch up on all of that stuff. Even though I know that we have had two Hall of Fame shows here on primetime, I have not taken the time to really watch those videos that are usually very emotional. <clears throat> of course, only Jerry has where knock on his door to be told. The only one to do it that way. Prideful prick. Wait, what? Okay, let me read that again because I might have missed something. Mo, random. But did you see the video of the Hall of Fame inductees getting told that they made the Hall of Fame? Of course, only Jerry has where knock on his door to be told the only one to do it that way prideful prick i didn't get that i i didn't get what's wrong with that <clears throat> only jerry has oh did where knock on jerry's door not the other way around or what do you mean i'm sorry if i am in the middle of a brain fart and i'm not understanding it oh by the way speaking of brain farts yesterday i didn't get with some when somebody said during the one cool thing segment that the Eagles were having a Super Bowl parade. I didn't I didn't fact check that. I didn't I don't know if the Eagles had a Super Bowl parade. I don't think so. But now I get it. Like I for a moment there I was acting as if the Eagles had won the Super Bowl. Okay, there you go. Toxic Tom. Thank you. Thanks so much for clearing this up. He says in the video, Hall of Fame players and coaches are going to the players' homes to tell them, like Jimmy Johnson went to Zach Thomas' house and told them. And Jerry did it the other way, probably. He brought Ware in <laughs> and had him there knocking at their door 
while Jerry called where to his office so he can let him know only once is Toxic Tom. <laughs> I didn't watch that, and I'm going to tell you something. Even if I had watched it, I probably would not have caught on to it. <laughs> but that, that is a good point. That is a good point. That kind of sucks. <laughs> Danny Savage says, Poor Chuck Howley doesn't know what day of the week it is. Hall of Fame has turned into a complete joke. Uh, that's That's sad. That's definitely sad on the Chuck Howley side, uh, side of things. Mickey Spagnuolo talk, uh, wrote about this on the Cowboys website. He wrote about how Chuck is in is dealing with late stage dementia, and that sucks, man. Eighty six years old, he didn't get to probably leave the experience, the Hall of Fame experience, as he deserved to. That doesn't mean like you know it's all bad news, though. I will say that. Judging by that same column by Mickey, which you can read on the website, this means a lot to his son because his son was very intense with his campaign in letting the Hall of Fame know what Chuck did and why he deserved to be in Canton. So that's probably the good side of things, I would say. What's up, Katharina? Thank you for joining the show. We also have Michael saying Dak needs a QB coach that's going to settle him down when he's struggling or trying to make something happen. Basically, a nothing burger. When he should just be moving on to the next play, says Michael. Hopefully, Will Harriger can be that, uh, not necessarily a QB coach, but maybe he can bring that QB development side of things to the table uh, moving forward. And then we'll find out who the Cowboys will hire at QB coach, They also need to figure out who they will hire as running backs coach because we have not heard about all of that stuff yet. I wonder when will we hear about that? Let's see. Uh, Mitesh says, any chance they go after Derek Carr and have two quality QBs? Zero chance. You know, like, uh, (laughs) oh man, I love that movie. I love the big short and I love the Steve Carell scene, not not uh, in which he just like raises his hand and zero. There is a zero probability. He's talking about the fault rates, though, in the movie. I'm talking about the chances of getting Carr here. Uh, the Cowboys are not going to do that. The Cowboys have a QB, and Derek Carr is going to probably sign a a bigger deal for a team that's actually looking for a starting quarterback, or is actually holding a more realistic. QB competition. So, no, I would say there there is no possibility of bringing in uh, Derek Carr. I do wonder about Cooper Rush, though. We should probably touch this topic more in depth later. I don't know if we will have... uh... (laughs) I have a question, says Toxic Thumb. Yeah, man, that scene is awesome. I know that movie by heart. (laughs) I know that movie by heart. Uh, But... (laughs) <laughs> Going back to the to what what I think we should talk more about uh, Cooper Rush. We need to talk more about that. He's a free agent. I don't know if if NFL teams are gonna throw a lot of money his way, but he has gone five and one for the Cowboys when he starts. And I think that NFL teams know that that's not because uh, Cooper Rush has legit starting potential or something like that. But he's probably on the higher end of backup QBs that you can have 
in the league right now. And I will add to that that I'm not entirely sure how convinced the Cowboys are about paying him. Like paying him backup money I'm talking about. Because part of what made Cooper Rush very special for the Cowboys was his knowledge of Kellen Moore's offense. He had been working in it since 2017 or or something similar to it. The language at the very least. I don't know if that plays into the Cowboys' decision-making process. It probably should. I don't know how much impact it has, though. So Cooper Rush is actually a pretty interesting situation. It's definitely not a black-and-white decision. There are a lot of things to consider. I think it will ultimately come down to how much money other NFL teams offer him. Because the market might be, you know, a little bit unforgiving. They, they might not buy into the hype of a 5-1 and one record. Army Mom Heather says, I like the staff hires thus far. Toxic Tom agrees with me. He says, great, great, great movie regarding the big short. <laughs> oh, man, I'm thinking about scenes just as we talk right now. In the background, in my head, I'm, I'm going through the entire movie just looking for my... <laughs> Of my favorite scenes. Ryan Gosling is awesome too on that scene. Uh on that movie. <laughs> Dak is better than Derek Carr all day long, says Brian Thompson. Katharina says Dak's a good QB. It's really annoying. Everybody is putting him down. Let's not act like Cooper Rush had access to the whole playbook, says Michael H. Toxic Tom says, uh, Rush is our token ginger backup. A Jason Garrett tradition. Ooh, Gregory. Gregory with the interesting take. He says, Kellen Moore might want Rush back over with the LA Chargers. He already hired uh, Doug Nosmeyer. I don't know if you guys heard about that, uh, but Doug Nosmeyer is already with the Chargers again. So there might be something there. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, though, we need to talk about the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Now, this is not exactly... I warn you, a cowboy stat, but it is a stat that will heavily, could, could heavily impact the Cowboys and the entire NFC East, really, in 2023. So without any further ado, let's get into the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. So I don't know if you heard the news, but Eric Bieniemy is set to interview with the Washington Commanders on Thursday. And that really makes things interesting because it appears that he will be a top candidate for the Commanders. But hear me out, not as a head coach, because that apparently is not possible in the NFL, giving Eric Bieniemy a fair shot at a head coaching gig Apparently, he's being brought in to interview as an offensive coordinator. Now, why on earth would Eric Viennemi be interested in a lateral move that involves him leaving Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and, you know, move into one of the worst situations in football with a dysfunctional franchise? Well, the thing is, NFL decision makers have not been fair to him. Uh, he has, He's a guy that certainly deserves a shot at a head coaching gig. And since the main argument, quote-unquote argument, against him is that Andy Reid is the guy that runs the show in Kansas City. 
he wants to prove himself elsewhere. And he has an expiring contract. So I'm not saying that the Chiefs are not going to bring him back. They obviously would bring him back if that is how things end up uh, playing out. But he's exploring options because he wants to prove himself and he wants to prove the NFL that they're wrong when it comes to him. The argument about Eric Bieniemy, by the way, just before we get into the actual stat, let me say this. The, the argument about Andy Reid is the guy that runs things in Kansas City is so dumb to me. Like, what about Kevin O'Connell and Sean, and Sean McVay? Was O'Connell the guy over in L.A.? No, it was McVay. What about Nathaniel Hackett and Matt LaFleur? Was it Hackett's offense? It was LaFleur's offense. So it's kind of dumb to me to, to put that argument in the table. I don't agree with it. But if Bienemy ends up in Washington, oh man, that's trouble for NFC East teams, including the Cowboys. And this is the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Finally, we are here. Eric Bienemy has been the Chiefs OC and play caller for five seasons via Field Jates. Their ranking total offense, 2018, number one offense in the league, 2019, the fifth best, 2020, the first. 2021 the third, and 2022 the first. I'm not saying that the commanders are suddenly going to be contenders within the division, but they did go 8-8-1, eight and eight and one, so it was not a losing record for the Chiefs last, uh, last year. And it would certainly help having Eric Bieniemy around. So my question from me to you is, are the commanders a threat or not if they sign Eric Bienemy as an offensive coordinator? Let me know in the chat. And while you do that, while you give me your final answers, and I, before I give you mine, of course, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. Because as, as always, we have to talk about this family-owned business for over 65 years, they have been so. If, and when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. You can check out their dealership over at Irving, Texas. Or you can check out their website to see their new and used vehicles along with their features. The pictures of the inside and outside of each of them. And as always, we need to talk about the Freeman Mazda Ride of the week, the 2023 CX-9 Touring All-Wheel Ride. This one starts at $40,495. It's got all-wheel drive. It's got third-row sitting, a Wi-Fi hotspot, which is a game-changer, a sunroof, rear air conditioning, side-impact airbags, and a miles-per-gallon capacity of 20 when you are in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway, so make sure that you check out the Freeman Mazda right of the week over on FreemanMazda.net. So let's see the answers to your question, to the question uh, before we close out the Freeman Mazda stat of the week. Do you think they would be a threat with Eric Viennemi at the wheel of the offense? Gregory goes with yes. Ryan says no worries. Dan Quinn will figure him out. Mitesh says, nah, since they cannot draft. Holly says, yep, definitely a threat. Gregory says they already have a legit defense. Michael H's commanders have got the best front four in the league. I will say this. Uh, they still have a lot to fix. 
even the QB position. Because chances are, according to Ron Rivera, that they're rolling with Sam Howell as their starting QB. But, man, saying that Howell is even 50% the guy that he want, that they want him to be, I do think that Eric Viennemi is a very good offensive coordinator. And I think that it is unfair that he is not being given a, cha a chance at a head coaching gig. So I will say that, yeah, they, they would be kind of a threat. They, I wouldn't make them the favorites. I wouldn't make them the, the runner-up in the NFC East because I think that once more, that will fall between the Eagles and the Cowboys once more. But they can be a tough team to beat, especially if we're talking about the next three years. I could see them being kind of like, you know, a headache. As long as Dan Snyder is running the show, no, LOL. That dude is a magnet for scandals, says Toxic Tom. Brad says, I don't think so because Washington always plays us really good. We've seen them, we've seen them every year twice, says Brad. But we have not seen the enemy's offense twice. <laughs> that's what I'm excited. That, that's what I'm intrigued, not excited. That's what I, what I am intrigued about. But we'll see. Uh, tomorrow is Thursday. They will be interviewing him then. Today was the chief Super Bowl parade. So once Biennemi put down that Lombardi trophy, he traveled to Washington to talk to the commanders. It sucks. I'm just going to say that. It, it sucks that he needs to make such a move or, or consider such a move because he's the eighth candidate that the commanders talked to. So definitely this is not a done deal or anything like that. But it sucks that that uh, the enemy would have to do that. He has proven himself time and time again. Andy Reid last year, according to Lindsay Jones from The Athletic, must follow, by the way. Lindsay Jones tweeted that last year Andy Reid talked to NFL owners in a meeting, in a league meeting, and he asked them that why is Eric Bieniemy not getting chances at head coaching gigs? And Andy Reid went out of his way to talk to coaches and owners about what Bieniemy's role in Kansas City was. And he told them about it. He, he told them what he meant for the play calling, what he meant for the play designs. So that speaks volumes as to what Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches of all time, thinks about Eric Bieniemy. Guy deserves a chance, and unfortunately, he might be forced to make a lateral move. And Washington seems to be a possibility. Sam Howell looked amazing, of course, against us, says Hughes Nelson. Oh, yeah, that memory is going to be a tough one to shake off. I know. Uh, shout out to Hoodlum. Thank you for joining the show. Stephen White as well. Thank you, everybody, really, for joining the show. If you enjoyed primetime, do me a favor and hit the like button, share the stream if you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, and let your friends know about the show. Thought that we had a tremendous show tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. That will be it for me tonight, and I will see you tomorrow, same time, 8 p.m. Central, for more content. Make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. Thanks so much for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow. 
Muchas gracias. Que tengan un excelente miércoles. Nos vemos mañana. Bye, bye.